0: Prepare to be inspired, entertained, and enlightened about gardening. Leslie Harris is into gardening, and you can be, too. It's a new local gardening show designed for you, the gardener, and the wannabe gardener. This is Into the Garden with Leslie on News Radio 98.9 and AM 1070 WINA. Hi, this is Leslie Harris with a new weekly gardening show called Into the Garden with Leslie. The goal of the show is to provide a fun and informative platform To learn about all parts of gardening, whether you're a beginner or a long-time digger, an apartment dweller or a farmer, or even somebody who likes to look at gardens, I want to bring the many aspects of horticulture to you. This is my first show, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. I'm excited about this opportunity to bring you information from all parts of gardening, and it's going to be aired at 7.30 on Saturday mornings. Maybe I'll inspire you to get out in your garden for the rest of the day if it's a nice day. It's a good start to a weekend, don't you think? I started my years in Charlottesville many years ago as an undergrad and met my husband here. I wasn't paying any attention to gardening at that time, but we moved up to Connecticut and we were independent school teachers for over 30 years. Years ago, when we had our first baby, that was a sleepy baby. And while he was napping and my the dinner was made and the bills were paid, I just started digging around in the dirt. The internet didn't exist back then, so I started going to the library and just went through probably every book that they had to learn about what to do. I just fell in love with plants and I've never been bored since. All those years of teaching were great, but when we moved back down to Charlottesville in 2014, I started a gardening business. So the secret sauce of the happiness in life became mine because my avocation has become my vocation. LH Gardens is an interesting crew. Right now, we're a team of all ladies, certified horticulturists. or studying to be a certified horticulturist. A wonderful group of people who just love to dig in the dirt. What we do is different than what landscapers do. We concentrate on containers, annuals, perennials, and fine hand pruning. So we don't have a lot of big machinery and we don't make a lot of noise. We love being outside. Also, I spend some time on Instagram. If you're interested in following me there, my handle is Leslie Harris L H, and I try to do some gardening tips and information on that platform. How this show is going to go, we're going to concentrate on three segments. So the first one will always include a plant of the week. The next one will be an interview, and I'm very excited to be able to bring to you some interesting local voices and some from further away. I've got a lot of great things lined up over the next few weeks. The last part of the show is going to be called the playlist, but it might not have anything to do with music. Stay tuned to find out what it is. This is Leslie Harris with Into the Garden with Leslie, and our first plant of the week is going to be the hellebore. It's making me very happy in my own garden right now. If you've shopped for them, you've probably noticed that hellebores are a little bit more expensive than other perennials. It's probably because they're slow growing. But if you have a friend who has some, or if you get them started in your own garden, The good news is that they self-sow prolifically. They might not stay true to the cultivar. However, if you just want a greater population, let them go to seed and start seeing the little babies sprinkle around your garden. There are 20 different species of this genus, and I'm not going to pretend to understand them all, but let's talk about three. Well, let's talk about two, because even two of them, which are most common, the Helleborus orientalis and the Helleborus Niger are kind of not so easy for me to keep straight. But you might be more of an expert, and congratulations to you. I just, this is the sort of detail that eludes me in terms of interest. I would rather dig in the dirt with those two possibilities than try to study up and keep them straight. But the Helleborus niger is the one that they generally call the Lenten rose or Christmas rose, so it does bloom a little bit earlier. All hellebores have the following wonderful traits going for them. They are deer-resistant. They are evergreen. They bloom in shade. They bloom even more prolifically in sun. Oftentimes when you go to buy them, you'll see that they are meant for shade, but give them a try in a semi-shade situation. The worst that can happen is that some of the leaves get a little sunburned and you just clip away what's bad. I find them to be much faster growing in sun, so you might want to give that a try. The orientalis and the Niger species have so many different colors. We're talking from dark, dark purple flowers to white, pink, stripe, and everything in between. There are even some yellow ones that I'd like to try in my garden. I just think they're amazing at this time of year because there's so little else in bloom. Plus, they have one of the longest bloom times of any perennial I know. They start now and they keep going until April. They don't make great cut flowers until later in the season so if you bring them in and, and you put them in a vase on your countertop and you're sad the next morning because they're sad, don't worry about it. Just try it again a few weeks later. And they make much better cut flowers as they grow in maturity toward that seeding time. The second part that I'm sure of because it's so distinctive is the stinking hellebore or Helleborus fetidus. This one is awesome. It has this prehistoric looking lime green thick stalk coming up. And the flower is just, I mean, I can see it from 20 yards away. It doesn't smell great. It's not conventionally beautiful as a flower goes, but it's an awesome thing to have in your garden. And it also is a prolific self-seeder. This is Leslie Harris with Into the Garden with Leslie. And coming up next, we're going to talk with Matt Berry of Dos Amigos Landscaping about how to hire the right landscaping team. This is Leslie Harris of Into the Garden with Leslie. Now more than ever, I find that people are creating outdoor living spaces at their homes that optimize their time outside. If you'd like to find out how to best utilize your outdoor space, Check out my friends at Dos Amigos Landscaping. For over 16 years, they've been making outdoor spaces that are truly amazing. Spaces including patios, retaining walls, landscape design, and trail creation and maintenance, not to mention general landscaping. Check out their website today at dosamigoslandscaping.com.
1: You're listening to Into the Garden with Leslie. Coming up next, it's CBS News Weekend Roundup on News Radio WINA.
0: Welcome back to Into the Garden with Leslie. I'm Leslie Harris and we're talking with Matt Berry of Dos Amigos about how to hire the right landscaping crew. So Matt, spring is coming and there may be listeners out there who are considering sprucing up their outdoor spaces. I want to talk to you to see if we can get some good ideas about hiring the right people. So thanks for joining me. You are my very first interview. Help me not to mess it up. Thanks. Um, (laughs) First of all, What's a sign for a homeowner that they should be looking for a landscaper? In other words, what are some typical reasons that folks try to hire a landscaper?
1: A lot of time with homeowners, they're reaching out to landscapers because they either don't have time to do something. Maybe they can do it themselves, but with restraints because of their work, their family life, they don't have time to do it. So they hire someone like us. Or number two would be as if they don't know how to do what uh needs to be done, whether it's, you know, taking care of their plants or whether it's taking care of their uh, drainage problem or hardscape install or whatever it may be.
0: Okay. What are some attributes they should be looking for as they shop around for a crew?
1: So I highly recommend finding a contractor that is both licensed and insured. Um, obviously, they should look for references, ask for references, or if they haven't already been referred by a family or a friend.
0: And what kind of, how much research and what kind of research should somebody do before calling on a business? I assume that most people would want to try to get two or three contractors out there to sort of get to know them and that kind of thing. What should they be looking for as they pick out who they're even going to have a meeting with?
1: So we tend to recommend, like I said, two to three contractors. Um, You know, when you have two or three contractors come out and make sure that you're comparing apples to apples when it comes to the actual work that you tell each one of them that you want to have done. As far as the amount of research, you know, it's really, we find people that come up through, to us through Angie's List. We find people that come to us through... Do
0: people use Yelp
1: at all? Uh, I don't know that we have any Yelp reviews. We mm-hmm. have um, a lot of Google reviews, Facebook reviews, and um, we're very highly rated on Angie's list. So those tend to be the places that we uh, see people coming to us from other than word of mouth.
0: So what kind of information should a homeowner expect to supply and expect to receive during that first initial visit with the, with the contractor that they might hire? So what, what are some questions that smart clients ask you before they hire you?
1: Uh, first and foremost, I recommend that the customer have an idea of budget. Um, if you absolutely don't know um, what a project might cost, at least have an idea of what, you know, the most you want to spend is <laughs> so that uh, the contractor can help to tailor something to you. Uh, obviously, asking for references, payment terms and uh, timeline yeah, that- are all important things to ask about.
0: And what what are some what are some questions that you find yourself always asking that potential client?
1: Uh, to, to how far do you want to go? Do you, do you just want to do this one thing or are there future plans that you have that we can start thinking about now so that we can spread or make sure that we're doing the projects in the right order to not...
0: Not have to backtrack.
1: Hinder, yeah, hinder future projects.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes good sense. So this is Into the Garden with Leslie Harris and we're talking with Matt Berry of Dos Amigos about how to hire the right landscaper. So, in any business, it's clear that a good level of communication is important for both parties. What do you think the expectation should be both ways?
1: Yes, communication is very important and should be expected from both parties because we have uh, issues both ways. Um, we have issues making sure that we're keeping up with clients, and we also have issues with clients reaching out to us if. Yeah, they have other contractors coming to their jobs or, or something like that. So making sure that everybody is communicating both ways. Uh, Luckily we have multiple managers within our company to help reach out and keep a customer apprised of any changes to the original plan or the timeline.
0: Do you, how how are your, um, how are your mind reading skills? Do you have to employ mind reading skills sometimes?
1: There are quite a few times (laughs) that we have to to mind reading and uh, it never turns out well.
0: (laughs) That's why that communication is so key. I find that with my clients too. And it is, it actually is kind of fun to see if you can, let me see if I can figure it out without reaching out to this person, but there's, there's a pretty easy line to reach where you just don't want to take that step without making sure that you have it right.
1: Exactly. If, If, if you have an idea of what the customer might like, it's okay. Or if it's a returning customer, Um, And they understand that you have their best interest in heart, but um, there are other times where you really want to reach out to the customer to make sure that that's exactly what they want.
0: Right. And then ongoing communication is, um, is just so important. I mean, in anything like that. So let's talk a little bit about you. How did you first know that you wanted to get into landscaping?
1: So I grew up on a farm in Madison and spent most of my childhood outside. I was never the kid that, Sat inside and played video games or any of that sort of thing. Um, always found something to do outside. Uh, my first job was with the parks and rec department in Madison and, uh, spent most of my summer swinging a weed eater. And you know, that helped me to decide that I enjoyed outside, whether it was hard work or easy work. I wanted to be outside. So, uh, horticulture was a good option.
0: Yeah. And how long have you been in it?
1: since I was 16. So, uh, 15 years now.
0: Long time, long time. Um, what do you like best about what you do?
1: My favorite thing about what I do is that I'm a problem solver. Um, I get to be a problem solver every single day, whether it's solving, you know, a problem on a job site, figuring out how to get, uh, plants into a specific location that are a little bit harder than you might think. Um, Figuring, even figuring out how to route a mowing crew and optimize what they're doing day to day, or uh, when you have what you're going to do with a crew member when their supervisor calls in sick. It's all <laughs> things that I get to figure out every single day.
0: Yeah, and that so. makes it different. So I have a list of verbs that I think most people believe that landscapers generally do. And my verbs are mow, blow, prune, plant, edge, mulch. Can you add some more?
1: Yeah, uh dig, grade, hardscape design, build. Uh those are all things that we do on a day-to-day basis that might be a little bit different than the general landscaper, but all things that we have calls for every day.
0: Do you do um I'm just do you get a, um a large amount of calls for raised beds, vegetables and that kind of thing?
1: We do. What we find is that People want to have a raised garden, um, whether it's a vegetable garden or a perennial or annual garden. It all kind of depends. But uh, the biggest issue is finding the material for it. Um, right now, there's a shortage in lumber. So even finding just regular pressure-treated material is hard. But when you're even looking for cedar or oak uh, for Those um, vegetable gardens—it's really hard to find.
0: Yeah, I bet everybody's just doing it yourself these days. Now, back to think back to when you were not problem solving, and when you were not like running a business, but you were just a landscaper. Out of all those verbs we just talked about, if you could only do one instead of doing something different every day, which I know is most a lot of the fun of being outside. And what is your favorite? You know, is it mow, blow, prune, edge, mulch? What do you like?
1: Uh, I'm I am first and foremost a hardscaper, oh. so I I uh went to school for surveying and really enjoy working with grades, and again, there's a whole lot of that problem-solving and hardscaping where the planting and the mowing and blowing and all that sort of thing is all kind of the same thing every day. Um, hardscaping, even though you're just doing one thing, it's different every single day.
0: See, I've known you for a while now, and I had no idea. I'm so glad I'm talking to you today. This is Into the Garden with Leslie Harris, and we're talking with Matt Berry of Dos Amigos about how to hire the right landscaping team for you. So let's talk a little bit specifically about Dos Amigos. How many clients do you all have, more or less?
1: So we have about 2,000 regular clients, and that's uh, people who, whether it's every year or every other year or every third year, even, um... Has, have us come out and either do big cleanups, do landscape installs, hardscape installs. Uh, we have 135 contract customers and those include mowing, mulching, uh, pruning, leaf removal, uh, weeding, turf. And, uh, then we've got, um, about 120, um, turf contract customers who they get on a seven round program. And that we do their turf applications for them.
0: That sounds amazing. Just so many people. Okay. So, so we've talked about Dos Amigos for a moment. Let's talk about, you've, you know, you've seen the trucks, you've seen the crews, but they're those smaller, um, you know, just one guy in a truck type crew. What would be, would there be any advantages of hiring a smaller business than, than a larger one?
1: Yeah. um, Dos Amigos was a small, uh, what I would call a, one truck vehicle or one truck company, um, at one point, And, uh, we've grown to what we are, but back in those days, it was good for our customers because we were able to sh- show individual care to each of those customers. Um, and you know, you're able to give a good rate because you have so little overhead and, um, you know, it's where you really hone your skills is at that size and then you can grow from there.
0: So when, when did Dos Amigos start and who were the original Dos Amigos?
1: Uh, Dos Amigos started in, I believe 2005, 2006. Um, it was a weekend business for the owner. Uh, he had a, um, a helper who uh, was an H2B, uh, visa employee of another company and would just work for him on the weekends. And then one Monday, uh, he just showed up and, uh, said that I work for you full time now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it got big enough that they needed a name and the owner asked him what he wanted to do and said, you know, we're a friend, two friends, let's call it Dos Amigos. So,
0: and so his, his first language was Spanish.
1: Uh, the, yes, the um
0: the Uno amigo uh, and
1: then Yeah, the yeah. helper and uh Lee, uh the owner of Dos Amigos now is was the other um, amigo. Was the other amigo. So
0: <laughs> I think that's a great yeah. story. So let's talk a little bit about habitat and nature. How organic is it possible for you all to be and still do your job efficiently?
1: Uh we are able to be as organic as the customer wants to be. Um so if a customer wants to be Purely organic and no weed, no weed killer, um, no weed control of any sort. Uh, even if they don't want equipment used, um, if they want battery-powered equipment uh, or manual equipment. That's all stuff that we do. Um, but with that, more it takes more labor and um, that adds more cost. As opposed to using the more efficient forms, um, we're able to be very low impact, but it just takes more time.
0: I think it's always um, a good thing to remind people that they are the client and they're hiring you to do things that don't have to be done with, for example, incredibly loud blowers, that there are rakes on that truck. Mm -hmm. And yes, of course it takes more time, but sometimes it's a little bit kinder to, well, the environment and also to our souls because man, is that noisy stuff. (laughs) (laughs) What percentage of clients would ask for something like that? You know, 10%, 50%, somewhere in between?
1: It's probably more like 5%. Oh, what a um, shame. Yeah, it it tends to lean, people tend to lean more towards efficiency mm. um, than they do towards environmentally friendly options. Um, obviously, we offer the environmentally friendly ones to everybody, uh, but it's hard for us to get very many people to bite on it um, in, in the long run.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Thanks so much for your time, Matt. Really appreciate you having a chat with me. So spring is coming. And in case somebody was thinking about hiring a landscaper, you've given us some really good thoughts to consider. Next on Into the Garden with Leslie, we'll be introducing the playlist. And it's not what you think. It's a garden playlist that I'll be presenting each week. This is Leslie Harris of Into the Garden with Leslie. Now more than ever, I find that people are creating outdoor living spaces at their homes that optimize their time outside. If you'd like to find out how to best utilize your outdoor space, check out my friends at Dos Amigos Landscaping. For over 16 years, they've been making outdoor spaces that are truly amazing. Spaces including patios, retaining walls, landscape design, and trail creation and maintenance, not to mention general landscaping. Check out their website today at dosamigoslandscaping.com. Start your work days right with Jay James and the W.I.N.A. Morning News. Right now, it's Into the Garden with Leslie on News Radio W.I.N.A. Welcome back to Into the Garden with Leslie. That was a fun interview with Matt Berry. And if you're interested in having his particular business be your landscapers, you can contact him at DosAmigosLandscaping.com. The last segment of every Into the Garden with Leslie show is going to be something called a playlist. I am not a disc jockey, and it's not always going to have to do with music but let me explain what I'm going to be doing. When you read a gardening magazine or listen to a gardening podcast, or even read some gardening books, they generally have some practical information about what to do at a certain time of year. I think that's a great list and I always look for it. They generally call it a list of chores or work or what to do in the garden. Well, what to do is okay, but I'm actually going to call it a playlist because I really like to garden. I call it my playground. And when I go out there, I'm having a really good time. So That's what I'm going to call it, the playlist. And I'm also going to give you some music or maybe a podcast recommendation to stick in your ears while you're puttering around the garden. Although don't forget to take those out every once in a while, especially on a sleepy Sunday when you can just hear birds and nature instead. So what to do in the garden this week? Pruning is an excellent thing to do all winter long, and we'll be talking about that with specific plants for the next few weeks Let's start with the hellebore, which was our plant of the week. You don't really need to do too much to the stinking hellebore, the helleborus fetidus, unless some foliage looks tatty, in which case just take it away. But it's really satisfying to get down on the ground and take away the old foliage from either the helleborus niger or orientalis. That old foliage kind of flops on the ground at this time of year and just take your hand pruners and take that all away. And then what you have left is just the good stuff coming in the middle. That's the new foliage and the flowers. It's really kind of fun to do. When we lived in Connecticut, we didn't have particularly large trees near the house. So when we needed tree work, we would basically just hire a guy with a chainsaw. But when we moved into our house here in Charlottesville, we inherited some beautiful, very old, very large, slightly menacing oaks and tulip poplars. So I immediately enlisted the help of a certified arborist. I'm actually going to have him on the show in a few weeks. Anyway, it's really good to know somebody like that because... There's one thing that's certain about trees. Big dead limbs can result in small dead people or maybe not so bad, but still serious, small crushed cars. So be careful of your trees. Have a look up and see what's doing well. And if you're not sure, call in a specialist. Take care with pruning your spring flowering shrubs at this time of year because you know you're taking away next spring's flowers. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be doing it at all. Let's talk about azaleas for a minute. Azaleas are going to be so wonderful in just a few weeks time and they might not need any help from you at all. They generally need very little pruning. But if you've got a big scraggly one or if you have a very well shaped one with a couple of crazy bits, don't be afraid to take away what's making you sad. You won't ever miss the flowers. The rest of the bush is going to flower very well. If it hasn't been flowering very well, maybe that means it needs a rejuvenation pruning and that is not going to result in a really great look for the spring but you didn't have a great look going forth anyway. So don't be afraid to take away a third or maybe even a half of something that you might consider digging up if you didn't give it another chance. Chances are that the root system of that plant is very good. And so if you give it this hard cutback and then feed it a bit, maybe with holly tone because they do like acid soil, you could give it a whole new life in coming years. I always have a look at my azaleas at this time of year and prune the bits off that are just sticking out at odd angles But I also reach to the inside. All plants like a little air circulation. And my reasoning is that if you cut away some branches that are growing on the very interior of the plant, you're never going to see those flowers anyway. And pruning encourages a plant to grow more. I do the same thing with low branches. I figure those are flowers that are growing along the ground and I really can't see them. So I limit up a little bit and make it into a nice shape for me. But none of this is totally necessary. You should do what you want in your garden. And if your azaleas are making you happy as they are, all you have to do is wait for spring. Now music. So I was so excited to find something called Helleborus, which is a black metal band. Well, it turns out that I'm really not a fan of black metal and I just didn't know it. The review said blackened riffs, howling vocals and haunting melodies. And it was just, well, it was, it was atrocious. So I do not recommend that. They even had a track called Decaying Observer. But I did find something else for you. It's called Winter Garden. It's a instrumental. It's just zen. It's wonderful. Look for it. The artists are Iraldo Bernocchi, Harold Budd, and Robin Guthrie. And it made me very happy. So that's it for Into the Garden with Leslie. I'm Leslie Harris, and I'm so into gardening. My goal is to get you into it, too. Thanks to the people who make this program possible. Dos Amigos Landscaping and Grounds Management.